I know yes, he is the leader and we show us the way. Please welcome with me now, our dear Pastor, Pastor Ayo Agunloye. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Great. Hey, good morning, dear leader. May the Lord encounter us through his work in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you very much for joining us again, sir. Thank God. Okay, please say what of prayer as we begin. All right. Our Father in heaven, we give you the praise once again this morning. Thank you for the opportunity we have to feast at your table every Tuesday morning like this. We are grateful for you. Do not disappoint us. You give us manna fresh from above. Lord, accept our hearts of gratitude in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, today will not be an exception. We are trusting and expecting you to feed us again with your word fresh from above. Lord, release your word unto us in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray, Lord, that you meet each of us at our points of need, our various points of need Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. We ask that you let your word come with power, with grace, to heal, to save, to deliver, to transform, to help in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let your word find entrance into our hearts today that it will mix with faith in us and do us good in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you Father because you've answered our prayer. Amen. Blessed be your holy name Lord. Amen. In Jesus name we have prayed. Amen. 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 So we thank God for how he has helped us thus far. Um, this year we have been looking at a new and living way and um, we have been studying Hebrews chapter 10, and uh, we came to the Let Us series, which where we learned in verse 22 of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, 23, 24, and we will go later to 25 on the Let Us series. The first one is Let Us Draw Near. In verse 22, the second one is, let us hold fast, that's um, 23. And the third one is, let us consider one another. And um, that's the one we are treating presently. By next week, trusting God, we may move to let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves thereof. But for today, we are considering consider to provoke according to what we have in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And we will be trusting God to help us to discuss, consider, to provoke. These are the two words that are very important as we will be dealing with it in the scriptures and through the scriptures, studying the scriptures. The two words are the most important words in this passage for us now, considering the text, I mean the context that we are coming with. Now, it says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Now, the first thing, the first important thing is, let us consider one another. Let us give thought, give thought, think about 
one another. Let us consider how our words, our our actions, our reactions or responses will affect one another. So let us give thoughts to it to be sure that what our words, our actions, our reactions, or our responses will produce must be something that we provoke others onto good works, not onto not something that we produce and um, provoke them to anger or provoke them to fear or to provoke them to envy or to provoke them to any other thing that is not love and good works. Then the other thing about it is that we must provoke not threaten, not force, not compel, not drag. There is need to understand this because if anyone is cajoled or manipulated to do any good work for God or to manipulated or forced or dragged to love, either to love God or to love one another or to, to do any good work, it is not acceptable unto God. The Bible says, for God loves a cheerful giver. The Lord gave us our voluntary wills even before we got born again, it is out of our voluntary wills that we got born again. He still left the voluntary wills when we got born again. Even when we were filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control, not force, not manipulation, not just um, you um, um, dominating another person to force the person to do what is right. The Lord wants us to be able to choose to do what is right from our hearts. That is the second part that we'll be talking about. Provoke, provoke people, compare, you know, uh, persuade people, make them willing, volunteers to do it. The Bible says in the days of your power, your people will be willing. In the days that you you are going to show your great power, it is not by forcing your people or dragging them or compelling or manipulating them or threatening them, maybe by cause that I will curse you with my anointing if you leave my church or if you do this or if you do that. Whatsoever that is from that is witchcraft and it is evil. Even if you are threatening people to do the, so that they will do the right thing. We are not witches. Therefore, God is not expecting us to manipulate or to threaten or to force people in order to do anything. He gives us our free will so that we'll be able to serve him 
with our hearts, willingly, voluntarily, freely, cheerfully. And the Lord will give us understanding as we go into this by the mercies of God in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I want us to start by looking at, I want us to start as we look at what are the things that the Lord is expecting us to um, to consider ourselves on. The first thing we need to know, the Bible says, consider um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. And let us consider one another. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So let us consider one another to provoke unto love and unto good works. In other words, anytime you want to act, anytime you want to speak, consider people. Don't even think that people are not seeing you. People, you may not see those who are seeing you. The person on the stage, even if you go to the modern day theater, I think what they do, well, the way we see them on the TV, they put off the lights in the audience. You won't, you may not even see the audience. You, it is you that it is the stage that is bright that the light is upon, and so it is you that the audience is seeing. And you have to take note wherever you are that there are eyes that are looking at you, which you may not see through the windows, through um, um, CCTV cameras, through any means, people are seeing you and they are watching. Eyes are on you, on anybody. Eyes are on you. You, are, you don't have to be the president of a country before all eyes are on you. All eyes are on you, even if you are on the sick bed. So the question now is, your actions, your words, what will they generate in people? Will they provoke them to anger? Will they provoke them to fear? Will they provoke them to envy? Or will they um, provoke them to love and to good works? It is the question that you must ask yourself so that you always, you are deliberate and intentional in everything that you do. That is what the Lord is expecting of you, whether you are in the church or you are in the market or you are in the office or you are in school, wherever you are, even in the hospital bed. The Lord is expecting you to be able to consider before you you use your words. Why don't you consider? How will this person take my words? How will this person... um, how will my word affect this person? Will it provoke this person unto the love of God and unto love for one another? Or will it provoke this person to anger? Or will it provoke this person to sin? Or will it provoke this person to envy? Will it provoke this person to fear? And these are the things that we need to quickly deal with. So the first thing I would like us to look at is provoke, I mean, consider order. Consider others. Let me read 
through the um the your potter's house devotional of Thursday, October twenty-six, last Thursday. The writer of Hebrews, chapter ten, the writers of Hebrews, this epistle, did not leave himself out in this instruction. That is why he continued to repeat the phrase, let us. We need to draw near unto the Lord together, hold fast to the profession of our faith together, and then consider one another to provoke ourselves to love and to good work. And according to World Web Dictionary, to consider one another is to regard or treat one another with consideration, with respect, and with high esteem. It is to think about one another in a way that we provoke others unto love and good works. It is to deem others fit or deserving of your love, mercy, forgiveness, help, and good gestures, irrespective of his or her disposition to you. It means to take into account their differences, weaknesses, excesses, failures, and incompetence, so as to tolerate them, yet not only to accommodate them, but also to... (coughs) but also to celebrate them around you. So all of us are not on the same level. We are not, we, and we will never be on the same level here on earth. So for us to be able to walk together, for us to be able to draw near together, for us to be able to hold fast together, for us to be able to journey this um, new and living way together, then we need to understand the levels of people and understand what they can take and what they cannot take. Some people are young, they are babies, and they cannot take anything more than milk. Some people, are they are growing, they can take solid food. But some people have their teeth trained and exercised to take, to break and crack bones. So whatsoever you are giving to people, you need to consider and understand and respect their levels. If not, you will be feeding a baby with bones and you are just wasting your time. You're thinking the baby has eaten. Meanwhile, it's just, you know, playing with the bone. One interesting way to consider one another is to analyze one another carefully, study them to understand each person's weaknesses and personal, uh, each person's weaknesses and why they behave the way they do in a bid to help them find solutions rather than fight them. To truly consider others requires serious sacrifices. You are paying, you know our own problem, you want to be free. You want to be free to do whatsoever is right for you to do. It's okay. So there are some things that are lawful, but not all things are expedient. It is not because of your freedom, because of your liberty. You are free to do some things, but consider others. Consider how it affects others. If you are careless about, no, 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 I'm not, will, will people be the ones that will be deciding or deciding how I live my life? Am I to live my life because of others? Are the people, if you are living your life like that, even your good will be evil spoken of. If you don't care about how people feel about you, if you don't care about what people think about what you are doing and how it is affecting them, then you have no ministry on earth. Then you have no fruit on earth. Then you are on your own. You are a lone ranger. 
we have to make sacrifices on earth because of people, not because of ourselves alone. Then you are a selfish person. If you are thinking your, your, your words, you don't weigh it to consider how it hurts and cuts people, you are only dealing with yourself, you are only thinking about yourself, you are only thinking about how good you feel when you are speaking the words, but not considering how bad people feel when they hear that word or when they see you act that way. Then you are selfish and you are not godly. You are not thinking about others. You are not considering others. It is wrong. The instruction was not given to unbelievers because only someone in Christ can truly consider others to provoke unto love and good works with no strings attached. It is not practically possible for a natural person to consider others for nothing. If you dig deep into the heart of a natural person, you will see that the real person he considers is himself. He is only showing the outward consideration to cover up or when it is convenient for him after satisfying himself or in order to gain something. What the natural man considers are not possibly to earn a, are possibly the possibility to earn a good name of political or political support or of gaining future f- favor to be able to say he has paid his dues or to repay some good deeds that some uh, other people have done to him. So it is important to take note of this, that for it is you as a believer that the Bible is talking to that you should consider others. It is good that everybody, whether believer, unbeliever, whoever in the society should consider others. Maybe you are driving on the road, consider other road users. Maybe you are living in a compound, consider other people. You have a gen. You are the only one that has gen in your house. Consider how your gen affects others, especially the noise or whatever. Consider the best way you can position it and that you can use it in order that it will, others are not offended because of your own good. Consider others. The Lord will help us to deal with this matter when we return from this short break. Let's go on a short break now. Anayas, thank you so very much for staying with us this morning on Gospel Burst Radio for Reflections Tuesday with Pastor Ayo Agunloye. And we thank God for his ministry and for the message that the Holy Spirit is sending to us today. As you know so very well, if you are joining us for the first time, this program is uh, a period for the Holy Spirit to lead us through Pastor Agunloye on reflections on current themes from your Potter's House. Your Potter's House is a daily digital devotional that you can also receive directly on your phone every day. What you need to do is to reach out to Pastor Yagunloye on 0808 718 0680. 0808 718 0680. You can also send him a mail. You can send it to paul.agunloye at gmail.com. If you have questions as you go along or you want to make any contribution, please do not hesitate to do so. Just tap the WhatsApp widget on the bottom right hand corner of our page. Tap that WhatsApp widget and send in your question or your contribution. We'll be glad to read them out and to engage with them on this program. Pastor Yagunle is the pastor of New Christian Baptist Church in Podakot River State, South South Nigeria. If you find yourself in that city, do not hesitate to worship uh, with the wonderful people in that church. The church is at 31 Ajip Road by Ada George, Rumeme. 
put our court. But the grace of God will be here at 7 a.m. tomorrow for waiting on God Wednesday. If you have a burden that the Holy Spirit is leading you to uh, to share with others, please do not hesitate to do so. Just go through our homepage. You'll find a link to send anonymous prayer request. Tap that link and send your anonymous prayer request. Anytime you want to listen to a past episode of uh, a recent episode of Reflections Tuesday, just go to our homepage and scroll down. Uh, you are going to you are going to get to it. You are going to find it. They are all, they are all arranged in chronological order, so you can get the one for last week right now, and then the one for today by the grace of God uh, by twelve noon will be there. Thank you so much. Expecting your questions and contributions as we go along. God bless you, really good. Over to you now, Pastor. Thank you so much. Welcome back, dear listeners. The Lord will show us mercy in Jesus' name. We have dealt with what it means to consider. Now let us now deal with what not to consider because we have seen in the scriptures, the Bible says, consider to provoke unto love and good work, not to provoke unto anger. So when you consider people, you should not provoke people to anger. You should not provoke people to envy. So now, let us deal with anger now. You know it is possible that your words and your actions are provoking people onto anger rather than provoking people onto love. Rather than provoking people to good works. That is why you need to consider people. Consider the state of people. Consider their levels. Consider who they are. Consider the background, the situations. Consider their cultures. For example, if you are talking, if you if you are in a culture where they they take respect and um, respect from a younger person to an elder more seriously, like the western part of Nigeria, for example, more very seriously, they see it as a, they take it as a very serious matter. And you are there, you are not bending, you are not, you know, showing serious courtesy, you are not, you are talking as if you are giving orders to elders and all that. You will provoke them to anger rather than provoking them to love. There are, you need to consider people's background. You need to consider people who they are, their level in Christ, their understanding, their spiritual level and all that. If you don't consider them, then you may be provoking people rather than provoking them to love, provoking them to anger or to other things. Now, let me read the, um, your Potter's house text for Friday, October the last Friday, provoke unto love, not anger. The command we have is to provoke one another unto love, not unto anger. Let your speech and actions always be with grace, seasoned with salt. You should know how to deal with each person. That's Colossians chapter 4 verse 6. Even though you must not compromise the truth while speaking the truth, Ask God for wisdom, humility, and patience for the correct tone, the correct time, the correct situation, the correct place, and among whom to say the truth so that your good will not be evil spoken of. If you do not speak the truth in humility, 
If you do not speak the truth in, with, with wisdom, if you do not speak the truth with patience, you will actually be speaking the truth to get a wrong result. The truth will be producing lies in people. Actually, the truth that is supposed to give birth to truth in people will, will be giving birth to lies in people because you are not using the truth effectively. You are not using the truth correctly. So you, you say, no, 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 no. I like to stand for the truth. I don't like hanky-panky. I don't like to be going bendy-bendy. I, I like being straightforward. I'm saying the truth and all that. Nobody is asking you to, say, to tell lies. And nobody is asking you not to say the truth. Actually, my encouragement for you is to remain and stand on the truth and say the truth always. But say it with wisdom. Say it with humility, not from a position of uh, higher than others. Say it with patience, not as if people must just accept your truth immediately. You are saying it as if they must not think about it. Jesus even gave people the opportunity to sit down and count because before they decide and take and follow him and, and, and accept what he says, you go and think about it, go and consider it, go and study it, take, count the cost, and then arise and then come and follow. Because that is when your decision will be genuine. Otherwise, if you are excited and you take it right now without actually thinking about it, when reality faces you, 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 you back out. That is why a lot of people turned back from him when they, they just followed because, ah, they are excited. And that is why he told the parable, that is the essence of the parable of the sower, that the ones who, took, who had the word and are excited about it and straight away they took, it, they took the word and they are just doing it, they are just doing it. They are what Yoruba call ohogudugudu, that why, why? That is to say, it, it, will, it will bubble like soap and then later it will, it will calm down and settle down. It's, it's in their emotions. It has not gone into their will. It is just because they understand it in their mind and it has affected their emotions. They are just taking it, but they have not dug deep into their will. It has not entered into their will. And so it is not standing. When they find challenges, they, they, they drop it. So you should apply the truth and let the people you should you should look at you should look at how to make the truth acceptable to people you should not just be i'm not saying you should cook the truth and you should you should uh, you should be economical with the truth or you should you should destroy the distort the truth so that people will accept it but i am saying that you should Present the truth on a tray, a plate that is presentable and acceptable to the people so that the people can receive it. Your goal is not for the people to just hear the truth and throw it away. It is for them to accept the truth. So present the truth to them on a platter that is acceptable to them that will not distort the truth, but that will show them and make the truth attractive to them to receive. That is what I'm saying. And I'm not talking of compromise. I'm not talking of worldliness. I'm talking of receiving wisdom from God to present the truth to people. Paul took wisdom to present the truth to the people of Athens when he saw the un 
or uh, the unknown God and a lot of other things that, that if you receive wisdom from God, you'll be able to present the truth. So even though you must, com- you must not compromise the truth while speaking the truth, ask God for wisdom, humility and patience for the correct tone of presenting the truth, the correct time, the correct situation, the correct place, and among whom that, that truth should be presented. It's not every truth that is meant for the open. You want to tell one person truth about his life, and then you are telling him in the presence of every other person. Even if the, wife, the person needs to confess something to his wife, and it is the truth, you don't have to be telling the person in presence of the wife. I know I had of a pastor that somebody went to confide in that my husband, I had a dream that my husband wanted to use me for money ritual. And then on Sunday, he, was, he called him and said, Mrs. Lawaja, stand up. I have prayed about what you told me, that uh, your husband wanted to use you for, in the church for money ritual. And uh, I have discovered that it is a lie. He doesn't want to use you for money ritual. Do you understand? So clear your mind from that thing. He, he will, he, he's not wanting to use you for money ritual. Do you understand me? All right, you can sit down. What manner of truth is that? No matter how true what you are saying is, how have you presented it? You have destroyed the truth. Actually, you have actually destroyed the truth because of the way you presented it to her. You cannot totally avoid making people angry when you say or stand for the truth. So you must not always compromise. You must not also compromise because you do not want to offend people. While following peace with all men, you must follow holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So you cannot afford to sacrifice holiness on the altar of peace. Or so that there will not be anger. There will not be anger. If there must be anger, then let there be anger. Even Jesus angered people, but you but you must still consider people. What I'm saying here is that no matter how you consider people, no matter how wise you present it, no matter how hum- hum- humbly you present it, no matter how patiently you present it, the truth will still hurt on people because the truth is bitter and it can still produce anger in people. So you must not say because. You don't want to produce anger. You are compromising the truth. That is the balance I'm trying to put there. You will still see the Lord if you, if they are, if people are angry with you because of your holiness unto the Lord. Do not be equally yoked with sinners. Do not compromise holiness to please men. The point here is that you should always consider others before you talk or act whether in your messages, counseling, jokes, or any form of relationship with one another, you should consider each person's spiritual strength, weaknesses, positions, level of brokenness, understanding, and revelation of God's word. It is also good to consider their consecration unto the Lord, the comfort and even conveniences that they have left behind in the process of walking with God. All these things will teach you and help you to know how to present the truth. Even these people who are so much who have so much consecrated themselves unto the Lord, it may not be a difficult thing to present the truth, even if it is raw, even if it is not on any plate, but they will receive it because they are matured and they are ready for it. Even if it is hurting them, they are ready to receive it like that. But if you are giving it to those who are not matured, 
like that, then you know that you are making more enemies for God, for the kingdom of God. With this understanding, you can know whether to call the Galatians foolish. Oh, you foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Who do that? Who, who give you a witch chop? Or you will beseech the brethren and beg them that I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your, your bodies a living sacrifice to God. You will know what, which one to use to present the truth if you consider people. Your message may be correct while your presentation is wrong. Your good, your goal should be to provoke them to love and good works, not to anger. And add friends unto God's kingdom as much as possible, not enemies. Do not allow anyone to vow not to have anything to do with God's kingdom because you fail to consider them. Now, it is good for us to quickly move to the other one, that you do not consider people to envy. I will just say this. I, I, I may not have to read because of our time. Read the, the, the your potter's house devotional. But you should not also provoke people to envy. You know, sometimes your, your, your testimony, instead of arousing faith in people, instead of provoking them to God's love, to love that child, this God is loving. Ah, this God, if he can do it for this person, he can do it for me. The way you present your, the way you share your testimony is provoking them to envy and to jealousy. You are making, you, are, you see somebody, for example, you see somebody who is in your place, somebody is there, uh, people are there are people who are looking up to God for ten years, eleven years, twelve years, and they are looking for the fruit of the womb. They have not found one, and you are coming out to share your oh, thank God, I'm pregnant again. I've given birth of uh, to the tenth or to the eighth uh, eighth baby and all that. And the way you are saying it. I'm not saying you cannot thank God or you should not come to give testimony of some people, but your presentation, you should sit down and consider the effect on those who are still waiting and trusting God. If the way you are coming out, you are coming out with their consideration in mind, and you are coming out to encourage them and say, see, the reason why I'm coming to share this testimony it's not because I'm having the eighth child and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, and uh, that is what is making me to jump up and down. But actually, to encourage those of you that are still waiting, that this thing, God who keeps doing it, has not forgotten you and will do it. And you are, you are presenting it in such a way that they are not even seeing you in the picture. What they are seeing is them, that your testimony is actually helping them, then you are doing a good work. You have considered them to provoke them onto, onto love. You, you, by the time you finish your testimony, they are seeing that, oh God, you are so loving. You, you, they, are still, they are putting their heart and expecting what the Lord will do for them, that the Lord, their time is coming and the Lord is going to answer them. You are changing jobs. From one high-paying job to another high-paying job, there have been jobless people in the church. And you are coming to share testimonies without, without care. 
for whosoever is listening to you. You are there and you are saying, I'm the favorite of God. The Lord is good to me. I've just changed my, my, my brand new bed to a Homer Jeep and this and that. And this and, and you are not considering those who are there. You are considering, your, the, by the end of your testimony, they are feeling very, very inferior as if they have not prayed enough, as if they are not serving God enough, as if God does not love them enough, as if something is wrong with them. And actually, if something may not be wrong with them. It may just be God's, God's pattern and plan and direction for their own time has not come. It may be that that is not even their line and God is not expecting that they will be very rich. He's just going to give them their daily bread and they will be okay. They will not beg for bread, but they will not have excesses. But they, that does not make them less children of God than you. That does not make them, that does not make you more favored than them. So why is it that every time you come out, you are, all your testimony is just on mundane things, on the things of this world, and yet those people who are struggling, they are not mature enough to understand that this is the way God wants to take me for now. The, your testimony is not encouraging them to be contented with what they have and to, to, to trust God and to continue in their life. Your testimony is provoking them to envy. They envy you. They jealous you. They want to have what you have to, and they are ready to also compromise so that they can come and share testimonies too. They are feeling as if because they are not able to share such testimonies, something is wrong with them, and the church will be looking at them as sinners. And because they are not mature, they are thinking, and any small thing that their neighbor, their colleague in the office is introducing to them, they are now ready to do. They are now ready to compromise so that they can now come and, and, and also share a testimony of a big car that the Lord provided for them. And they will not tell how they got it. They are now ready to go and meet their boyfriend and, and test them. They are their ex, their ex that uh, maybe if I test myself with this person, and see whether it's my husband that has the problem. And then they get pregnant, and then they come and give God the testimony. They ask God for forgiveness, not knowing that until they fully confess, they have not actually repented. And they will come and, and they testify, simply because of the way you provoke them onto envy, onto jealousy with your testimony. Please be careful and... Don't misunderstand me. I am not against testimony, and I'm not saying, don't hear what I did not say. I am not saying you should not share your testimony. What I am giving to you today is the word of God that says, consider others so that you are able to provoke them unto love, unto God's love for them, to assure them that God still loves them. And that whatever they are still going through, whether they don't have that kind of your own testimony, it does not actually mean that they are not loved of God. That is the first love. And the other love, to provoke them to love one another also. Then, also to also provoke them unto good works. So, when your testimony, you have to package it well with wisdom, with humility, with patience, with every godliness, so that by the time you are presenting it, it's actually effective in, 
in, in edifying others rather than destroying others. That is one. Then the next thing is that you should be careful not to provoke others onto, onto fear. A lot of us in the, in the, in the bid to, to, to provoke people to pray. Oh, you people are not praying. Why are you just silent the way you are praying? You are praying as if uh, you are not uh, fervent, you are not shouting. And so you want people to be fervent, you want people to shout. Instead of provoking them by faith, with the words of faith of what God has done in the scriptures, what do you do? You begin to give them what will bring fear into them, provoking them to fear. See what demon did to somebody there when they told him to pray, he refused to pray. He was going, he died, he died. Somebody who was born with glory, he did not receive his glory, he died without his glory, he did not use his glory, he died because the, the, the foundation problem of his father's house, they affected him and then this and that and because he did not pray, when they say you should pray and you just keep bringing fear to people, giving them those fears of, uh, of those people that demons and Satan and causes and the battles of this world have overcome and all that. You are pre- So by the time you do it, by the time you are finished with your, your, your fear arrows, they are actually afraid and that is now making them to shout and pray. Ah, my life must not be like that. Oh. And then they are praying, they are praying. Brother, you have not actually achieved anything. What you have achieved is negative because you are only provoking them to pray in fear, not in faith. And anything that is not done in faith is sin. You are raising sinners. You are raising more sinners than, 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 than saints. You are not provoking them to pray in faith. They are actually defeated already. They are actually praying from a defeated angle because they are praying in fear, not in faith. And fear is the, is the smallest thing, key, that the devil used to open the door to the life of a man. When fear has entered, fear will open every other door for Satan to be able to manipulate and destroy them. So the truth, the, the thing that you have to be careful about is that whatsoever testimonies or whatsoever you are trying to, you are trying to motivate them to pray, but do not use fear to motivate them. Let me leave that and then end with this matter of provoke. Do not you should provoke people. You should not threaten people. You should not manipulate people. You should not force people. Don't use your anointing to threaten people that if you, if you don't do this with me, if you don't join me in this, I will cause you. You know, some people, once they have come near you, they cannot leave you. They are afraid of leaving you simply because you will cause them. Oh, man of God, you have become a witch. You have become a cult. Um, personality called you have brought people around you so that if they want to they are not free to leave for Jesus it was not like that people were free to come to him even when they left him in John chapter 6 multitude of his disciples left him and then he turned to the 12 and said will you not also leave he did not he did not force anybody to he did not threaten he did not cause he did not do anything why would you be why would you be provoking people to fear and also um, to 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 force people to even to do the right thing you need what you need to do is to 
to persuade people, to show people example of doing the right thing, to help people, to, to, to provoke people with your own life, to love and want to do the right thing. Let me tell you, God gave every man free will. And everyone, even your giving, you see how people manipulate people to give in the church. How people manipulate when it is time to give, whether it's fundraising or anything. What they do to manipulate, to talk, the way they talk, whine you, whine you, whine you in order to give. It's witchcraft. It is witchcraft. What God wants is cheerful. A, 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 God wants a, a cheerful... Um, God wants a cheerful giver. You have to be cheerful, willing, and voluntary. You have to give willingly, cheerfully, voluntarily, and freely. You have to serve him. So when you provoke people onto love and onto good works, it must not be by force. It must not be by manipulation. It must not be by threatening. As if to say, if you don't do this, you are then a devourer will destroy your finances and things will be tight for you and this and this and that. All those things are manipulations. Jesus has come to give us liberty. And you, you people who understand liberty will understand that they should give all. If you make your people to really understand the truth, they will release all. If they release their life to Jesus, they will release all. Even the apostles will be for God. All, 100%. It's not when you are now threatening with the tithe. You are not paying your tithe. Tithe things will be tight with you. And this and there, you are threatening with cost and you are threatening with, uh, with uh, your anointing. You are threatening with you are, you are forcing people to do what is not coming out for them. Number one, we will that which they are doing will not be acceptable to God. The one that you have received and is not acceptable to God even with you. So whatever you use it to do is not also acceptable to God. May the Lord have mercy on us. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let us trust God to prove, consider one another and provoke ourselves unto love and to good works. Thank you. Wow. Well, you've had it there, and, 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 and we thank God for the timeliness of this of this message, and its relevance as well. It's relevance to, to the church today, to the body of Christ, and to us as individual believers as well. We are called to provoke each other to good works, to good works, and I, I pray the Lord will give us grace in the name of Jesus. Uh, there is, uh, there is, I don't know whether I call this a comment or a question. It says, uh, it says that we can say that we should not do anything that does not have an example in the Bible. I think that this person means to say that we should not do anything that Jesus has not done or the apostles did not do or God did not did not do. I believe this person was following up when you said, uh, even when the, the Lord has not put, the Lord did not place curse on people, he invited them lovingly to himself. And talking about the issues of giving, for example, we don't find anywhere in the Bible saying, if you don't pay your tithe, then this, uh, or, or you don't do this, this evil will happen to you. We know what Moses did, of course, uh, making that example of those, yes. two, uh, yeah, uh, uh, of those two hills. But in the main, you find that the Lord is always inviting people. And I mean, even even as you spoke, I was saying to myself that this this goes to a matter that you had dealt with before in the past, that the heart condition matters a lot, the condition of the heart, the reason why you are doing things, you know, and the purpose behind it. Yes. Exactly. 
Exactly. And I do pray that all of us will, will latch on to that message that we are going to take it seriously and that when you go out to, to share a testimony, when you are out there raising funds for a church or for your congregation, the heart condition, the reason behind it, and if the reason behind it is tainted by sin or by selfish ambitions, uh, then you know that you are not doing something acceptable before the Lord because it looks at the heart more than uh, what we do. I pray the Lord will continue to strengthen us and help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much, Pastor. This has been a blessing. We give all the glory to Thank God. Thank God. So if you want to listen to this yeah. again, just come back to this same page at 12 noon. You'll find it. You can scroll down and you'll find uh, this, uh, this message available. You can also invite other people to listen to it as well. Pastor, please say a word of prayer as we bring this to a close. Our Father, we thank you for this word that you are sending to us. We are indebted to you because of this word. Lord, please help us to pay our debt Amen. of obeying these words, applying them into our lives, that we will not die debtors in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, please help our lives that all that we do, we consider others. We Amen. actually see and check how does this affect my family? How does this affect my neighbor, my colleagues? How does it affect anyone that sees me? Will they really understand that this is why I'm doing it. So that my life my life will not be a reason why some people will go to hell. Not understanding, not everyone will be able to come and ask me why I'm doing this thing. That is the essence of consecration. Lord, please help me to consecrate myself. Not everything is sinful, but I cannot do even everything that is not sinful. Simply because it is not everything that I do that people will understand. Help me to understand that I have to sac sacrifice, just like Jesus sanctified himself so that we will be sanctified, according to John chapter 17, verse 19, that for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified. Mm -hmm. Lord Jesus, help me also to sanctify myself, to consecrate myself, to sacrifice some, some things, so that I know that I, even though I am free to do some things, I cannot just do everything I'm free to do because I must consider how it affects others. I may be free and have money to buy any kind of um, thing I like, whether clothes or anything, but I must consider how it affects the people around me. Lord, please teach us to actually consider ourselves, Amen. to consider others in everything we do and not to be carefree and say, they should go and treat their heart. They are having their heart that is not, they should not. When we know that their heart is not correct, that is the reason why we are considering them. Help us, Lord, that we will be positive influences on people, not Amen. negative influences Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank Blessed you, Father. be your holy name. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for the gospel based radio that you will bless them Amen. and you will bless them also to fulfill your purpose, to consider others, to receive from you what to pass across to them in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray for everyone who has listened to their who will listen hereafter. with great testimonies for us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have hope. Amen.